Guess what? I, I bet I'm on now. One, two, there we go. No? Am I? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. I, I know, but we can't turn up too loud, but it's, it's for recording purposes anyway. So, hey, how you doing? Don't we love technology? It's, it's just a wonderful thing. Um, I, I'm excited you're here tonight. I hope you're excited that you're here tonight. I, I love this idea that as we continue to go through this journey, um, <coughs> towards Easter, and when we're going through this Lent series and everything all about giving up. If you were here last week, um, we talked about giving up control, and that, I know, is not an easy thing. I know there's probably, like, there's some people that didn't come to church because they knew I was going to talk about giving up control and everything, and they still didn't come tonight because they probably thought I was going to talk about it again because they think they're in control. But we know that when we think we're in control, we really aren't. We, we never are. And so that, that's what we talked about um, last week. And we, I want to continue on kind of this path and what's next. With Once I go to God and say, God, I trust you, I'm, I'm going to give up control and stuff. It's your way, not my way anymore. But before I do that, I have a confession to make. Um, I feel like I should be honest with the church and be honest with you guys. I, I'm not, I wasn't always like this brave. And like a roller coaster guy, I, I want to tell you something. I, I, we, we are in Central Florida, roller coaster like mecca, and everything. And I was not a roller coaster guy, always. In fact, I, this is aging me a little bit. I was at Disney World the year they opened Space Mountain. I was like 1976, I think. <coughs> but it, it was the it was the year they opened it, and and I was like eight years old and stuff, and it, it was. I was, I was like two, okay, no, I was, <laughs> I was like eight and stuff, and so, and I'd never ridden a roller coaster before, and I know, like, you probably think right now, Space Mountain, that's not really a roller coaster. Back then, it was. It really, really was, and I just remember that um, my brother and my sister, but both older than me, they we're in the park together, like, we're riding Space Mountain, we're riding Space Mountain, we're riding Space Mountain, I'm like, okay, whatever, so I'm in line walking up, and all of a sudden, I hear this blood-curdling scream from way ahead of me and this guy coming back saying lady it's okay it's all right because apparently she threw up on him he's like it's all right and at that moment at eight years old i said there's no way i'm going this turned around ran out of space mountain and was scarred for the rest of my life because that's what i just thought but you know as time goes on you don't want to miss all that fun and all that stuff you don't want to miss you know everything we moved back to the states we were at a conference and we got tickets to universal studios and so i just decided like i got to get over this fear once and for all you know, I just, I, I, I've got to face it. I've got to get over it and everything. I, I know I'm doing. So my wife and I were at, was it Islands of Adventure? And um, I chose the Hulk as my first oh, real roller coaster <coughs> and stuff. And so I'm sitting there, and I get in, and there's an expectation that we have. There's, there's an expectation when we go and see that. Have you ever been somewhere or seen something or done something where this was your expectation and it ended up nothing like that? That's what the Hulk was for me. See, I, I went in with this idea of the expectations that you get on a roller coaster and you get on there and it's click, 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 click. And then you get to the top and it's like, okay, woo, go. And everything. So that's me. And I'm on this roller coaster and it's just, it's like click, click. But it only gets three clicks, and that thing launches you. <laughs> and literally, from that moment until the end of the ride, I screamed like a little girl all the way through. My wife still makes fun of me about it. But uh, it was totally, this was my expectation, but this is what happened. I think our faith is a lot like that. I, I think we approach faith and life 
with expectations of like this is what it should be this is how it it, it, it sh- this is how God should be this is how church should be this is how my life should be and so many times God shows up and just launches us after three clicks and it blows all our expectations in fact Philip Yancey one of my one of my favorite authors said this he said I've learned that faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse Tonight, this is, this is really what I wanted to dive in. I want to talk about tonight about giving up expectations. I, I think that so many of us come with baggage. And we, when we come with the set ideas of what God and faith and our life and everything should be. And the thing that I have learned is that you cannot fit God inside of a nice little box of expectations. And so many times we get frustrated. And, and we get lost in the midst of that. And so it, it's easy for us to start with and say, God, your way, not my way. But putting flesh to that is when we say, God, I trust you, even if it means I can't see you behind me, but I'll fall back on you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for tonight and this opportunity to just continue to move down this journey. God, and, and all of us tonight has come in this room with a certain idea of what what it should look like, what our lives should look like, what our faith, what church, what everything. God, I I just pray tonight that we would just let go of that and that you would speak. God, not me, not my words, but your word, God, and that you would just make it very, very clear, God, and that you would show us that you are trustworthy. God, that you have proven yourself trustworthy and faithful And that, God, some of us are being called to take a huge step somewhere. And so, God, whatever we brought the baggage in, God, I just pray that you would just relinquish us of it. And just have your way tonight. We just pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So this whole idea of giving up expectations, of just going into this idea. See, because I believe that anybody that follows Jesus, that comes to a faith and understanding of God and in that relationship with God, that there comes a point where God puts a call or even a command on our life. He says, this is what I want you to do. And it is a moment where we have to sit there and decide, do I trust God or do I try to make sense of it? Because so often when we're walking through faith, it, it's, it's not very clear. Is it? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to realize that walking, living a life of faith is like walking through one curtain, saying, whoa, just to find another one. <laughs> And then walking through that one, and then walking through that one. And so when the way is unclear, the question is, is will we trust God? And there's a great story of this back in the Old Testament, Genesis. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. (coughs) And we're going to be looking at Abraham for a little bit this morning, this evening, this morning. I know. I'm off. (laughs) I like that. That was just a little dramatic. But in Genesis 12, starting at verse 1. It says, the Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. See, I mean, the, the truth is, is that, I, like I said, I, I believe there comes a point where God just says, are you really going to trust me? 
and I want you to step out and do this. Or I, want you to, I want you to go talk to this person. I want you to go move here. I want you to go do this. And it's not always really clear what it is. I mean, I mean matter of fact, um, usually it comes to this idea that it's kind of vague. In nature. I mean, God does not have to come and tell us like every little single detail. And the honest truth is, is if he did tell us every little single detail of our lives, most of us would crawl back under our beds and just stay there and suck our thumbs. But I mean, look, look at Abraham. I mean, it's, it's not really he's not he's not telling where he will go. Go back. Go back <coughs> to verse one. It says the Lord said to Abraham, go out from your land, your relatives, your father's house to a land that I will show you. Like, I don't have pictures. I don't have a PowerPoint presentation for you, Abraham. I just want, I want you to leave all the comfort. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything you've known, the safety, the structure, and I'm going to send you someplace, and I'll tell you as you're going. And so oftentimes, God comes to us, and it's kind of, it's just vague. But, but I love that every time that God calls us to something or God leads us to something, to something to trust him, it's, it's, it's coupled with a promise usually. It, it, well, it always is. I mean, with, with Abraham, it, it was an awesome promise. Look at that. Verse, back at verse 2, it says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham, I promise that this is going to happen. You don't really know when, you don't really know how, but I'm telling you, will you trust me? Will literally you just sit there and say, okay, I fall back. See, when, when it gets to that point, we, we really have only one choice. When, when God speaks to us, and as crazy as it seems or as frightening as it seems, we have, we have, we have, we have, well, we have two choices. We obey or we don't obey. I mean, that's it. It's, it's black and white. I, I'm, like, I know a lot of people preach, and they say, well, there's gray areas, and you've got to know this, and you've got to know God's will. And then, like, you know, I love when I say, you know, I feel like God's calling you to do this, and, like, let me pray about it. And then I talk to him a week later. He says, I'm still praying about it. He says, no, you're saying no. You know, and I, I've seen a lot of people that God, I know that God has placed their call on, the, his call on their lives, and they just said no. And so we have to choose. Are we going to obey or not obey, because that, that's it. That, that's the only option that we have. And I love in Hebrews 11, the, the hall of fame of faith, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to the place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. <coughs> and I think for some of us, God is calling us just to step out. And trust him. Trust him with our finances, our families, our jobs, our friends, everything. And just says, will you trust me? But the problem is, is like I said, we have to give up our expectations. We come in with baggage. I mean, Abraham had baggage. He had family. I mean, his family was well respected. He was well off. He had plenty of hurts and stuff. He, he, was a, he had the wife of his dreams. He had everything going. And God said, I know, you, you just got to go. And so I think God calls us and he says, we have to give our expectations. And the problem is, is we do have baggage. Some of us think, you know, we have baggage about church. This is the way church should be. Church, you know, you know, pastor, you need to wear a tie and a suit. I have ties and suits. I love them. I don't wear them all the time. 
I will. You'll see it Easter. I'll be in a suit and tie because I just I like my suits. I only get to wear them every now and then and stuff. I like my ties and stuff. But some people know that's the way it should be. And you go places. And if you don't see that, it's done. You got you got some people that says, you know, no, no, it, it, it's King James only or it's NIV only or it's this only or it's that only. And we have these expectations and we show up and we get hurt by these things. And we get frustrated by these things. We have baggage about our lives where we should be. You know, what we should have accomplished by now. We have all these expectations and they just kind of weigh us down. The problem with baggage is it starts getting heavy. When, when we moved overseas and we lived in Sicily for three years as missionaries and we went over there and did youth ministry and stuff, we moved via suitcase. I mean, we mailed everything that we could fit into a box and mailed it over there. But pretty much everything else was suitcase. I remember we flew into Naples, Italy. And I think we had like a 12-hour layover or something like that. Two little kids, all the bags, and just, it was horrible. And you're just sitting there going, I can't move. I can't do it. I just want to lay here and die in this airport right now. Because that's what baggage does to us. <coughs> And we come with it. We come with it. And you know, and Jesus, every time I think he comes and he questions it and he challenges it. And he says, no, there, there's a better way. Turn to your Bibles to John 3. You want to talk about people with baggage? It's the Pharisees. Now, let, let me just say this. I, I know the Pharisees get a bad rap all through the Bible. Most people are like, oh, the Pharisees. And generally they deserve it. But not all of them were bad. Not all of them, I mean, a lot of them were sincere, really seeking God. And there was one named Nicodemus that was coming. And I'm going to start in verse 1, chapter 3. It says, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Verse 3, Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But how can you be born? How can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. Verse 8. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear the sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can these things be, asked Nicodemus. Are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things, Jesus replied? Here's this whole picture, this idea of this person that does know, and he has all these expectations. He, he, is, the most, he is the most studied, prepared religious person in the area. I mean, he, he, he's a ruler there. He teaches this stuff. He knows the law back and forth. He knows the sacrifices. He knows the history. He knows all this stuff. I mean, he has all this stuff. This is the way it should be, and this is what we have to be. And Jesus shows up and says, time out. Nicodemus, let, let go of that stuff. For you, it's all about what you do. That you will never be good enough. <laughs> You'll never sacrifice enough. You'll never give enough. You'll never have anything. There's a different plan. And that's what happens when we hold on to our expectations. They get in a way of what God's real plan is for us. Because God has not a plan. God has the plan. Continue on in John 3, going down to verse 11. It says, I assure you, 
Jesus speaking. We speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But you do not accept our testimony. I have told you about things that happen on earth and you don't believe. How will you believe if I tell you about things of heaven? No one has ascended into heaven. Ooh, sorry. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not, have, will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Oh, you're good. But it is the plan. I mean, God, Jesus lays it out and says, listen, here's, here's the plan. The law is not working. You can't compete. You can't keep the law. It's never going to happen. And so here, God loves everyone and everything so much he sent Jesus, his son, to take the penalty. Here is the plan. And it totally shocks and takes Nicodem- Nicodemus is in there going, I, just, I can't comprehend this. I, I, I don't understand. And I think tonight there's some of us that are sitting here going, and God is just saying, I need you to do this. I need you to, I need you to pay attention to this thing in your life. I, I, I need you to trust that I have the plan. You may have a plan for your life, but I have the plan for your life. And will you trust me? Even if you can't see clearly. Even if it doesn't make sense, do, do you trust me? Let, let me tell you, I, I, we were talking to someone at the farmer's market last night. Uh, and I, is this... this still just it makes me laugh every single day that i'm like up here preaching to you in this church because i never ever wanted to be a senior or lead pastor (laughs) i loved being a youth pastor it was good it was fun i could deal with parents i could deal with kids and all that stuff i never wanted to do this and so this all happened in such a way where god says i want you to do this and we said yes that my friends still call me and says that must be god because we know you (laughs) And that's not going to happen with you doing it. You see, is, is there something in your life that God is saying, I want, I want you to trust me with. I want you to let go of your expectations of what that should look like. And will you trust me that I have a better plan? Even if it doesn't look clear. Even, even if it's like, I'm, I'm not sure. Even if it's scary. And I understand that. And so does God. I love Martin Luther King said this. He said, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. We can't do that unless we let go of our baggage and our expectations. We can't do that unless we truly say, yes, God, I I trust you. He's promised it to us. He said, I have the plan. In fact, we, we all know this verse, Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. This does not say that everything in your life is going to be good. This does not say you're going to get the house, the boat, the job, the girl, and the boy, or any of your dreams. It says that all of it, all of it comes together, that God has this plan and this idea and this thing where he molds it all together, and it all works to the good of those who are called according to his purpose. You know what that good is? Verse 29, 
For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. God's goal for you is not your comfort, it's your character. God's goal for you and his plan for you is for you to become conformed to the image of Christ. Perfect, blameless, righteous, holy. And that doesn't happen until we sit there and say, I let go and I trust. (coughs) It takes faith. You know, I can sit out there at the farmer's market. I can walk through a neighborhood. I can talk to people about Jesus all day long. But at some point, it takes faith. And we are a people created that live every day by faith. Every single person in this room, in this building tonight, walked in here and demonstrated faith. You did. You all came in and you sat down on those chairs. And not one of you checked that chair for strength. Not one of you checked that chair. Will it hold me? Some of you just came in like, it's been a long day. Plop. And you just plop down on it. Every day you get up and step out of bed, you have faith that the earth is not going to open up and swallow me. You don't even think about that. Don't read the Old Testament then. I'm just saying because it happens. (laughs) But it's faith. But it comes to a point where we have to say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. And I let go of my baggage. I let go of my expectations. Listen, I can promise you that this church and me as pastor will let you down at some time. It it will happen. I will do something to tick you off or we'll do something that you don't agree with and it will happen. There are so many people that are leaving the church today because Somebody just said the wrong thing to them, and they, their expectation of the church was shattered. We need to stop looking at what the world says and what popular culture says and what the gurus and, and all the people that write blogs and, and podcasts and all these things says. This is what church and everything should be. We should stop looking at that and look at God's word and say, God, get rid of our expectations. Show us your plan. We need to stop. I mean, I understand. I, I believe you get wise counsel. You need to go and ask people like, hey, what do you think God, what do you see in me I should be doing? What do you think God's calling me to do or leading me to? And you get that wise counsel. But at some point, you have to just sit in God's word and trust God saying, God, I believe you're calling me to go be a missionary on the other side of this planet. And I have no idea what that looks like. And I have no idea what it's going to do. But I'm going to step in faith. I'm, I'm going to do it. God, I'm... I, I feel like God's calling me to plant a church somewhere. Go plant a church. God's calling me to go tell my friend down the street about Jesus. We need to get rid of our expectations and all the hindrances that are in our life and step out in faith because it will all work to the good of those who have called and love him. And God will work it together in such a beautiful tapestry that one day we will stand in eternity. We will sit up and God will say, let me show you this tapestry of your life. And you will sit there and go, tears because it will be the most beautiful thing and everything at that moment will make sense it's a promise and that that's faith hebrews 11 1 now faith is the reality of what is hoped for the proof of what is not seen it also says that we you cannot please god without faith so let me ask you tonight what what is it that you're holding on to? What, what is that expectation that's not being met? That, that baggage, what is that thing that God is like whispering 
something, and, and I love some, you know, I believe God sometimes shouts, but most of the time he whispers because he wants us to lean in to listen. He, he wants us to seek him and find him and listen. But what's that thing God is whispering into your heart? I mean, could it be, I mean, listen, I'm all about this church is going to be mission-minded. I've, I've said this from day one. I would rather have, you know, 100 people that are going out sharing the gospel and, and, and changing this community for the glory of God and for his kingdom than 10,000 people that sit in a church and show up every day, every week. And so God, if God's saying, man, I think God's calling me into ministry and stuff, then we will do everything we can to prepare you and help you with that and stuff. We're, we're going to move. And if that means I get rid of a congregation every single year because we keep sending them out, praise God, because that means another church is opening. Whatever God is calling you, there comes a point where you either have to obey or not obey, and those are the only two choices. If you were here last week, remember, our way leads to bondage. His way leads always to freedom. And so what is that thing? What, what, is, what is it that you're holding on to? I, I don't know what it is. It could be your bank account. It could be your family. It could be your job. It could be your friends. It could be your house. I don't know what it is, but tonight will you say, God, tonight I give up all my expectations, and I just rest and trust in you. Could you imagine what life would be like, the stresses that would be relieved if we actually took God at his word and trusted him. That would be amazing. That would be worth it. And so tonight, that's, that's the question. And it's, uh, it's up to you to answer. And we're going to give you a chance to respond. We're going to give you a chance to kind of just dig in and say, okay, God, what is it? Search me and know my heart. Find that thing. But like I said, it, it's still, it's your step. You know, I love I love that quote. Let me put that back up there. Martin Luther King, take the first step in faith. Tonight, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Let's pray.